I am Dr. Mitch Harlan, and welcome to the Truth Talks Podcast. This week's episode is one of the most emotional and heart-wrenching stories I've ever documented. James Tyshide discusses the loss of his teenage daughter by suicide. He shares his story in the hopes of saving even one life. Please listen to this podcast as he sheds light on one of the most tragic events a parent will ever have to face. Hello, I'm Dr. Mitch Harlan, and welcome to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm here today with Jamie Tyshide. How are you, Jamie? I'm good, man. How are you? You know, I'm good. Uh, this is going to be a tough podcast, I think, for both of us. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, agreed. Agreed. We're going, to, uh, we're going to start off by letting everybody know that we're actually talking about uh, you and your daughter, and your daughter had committed suicide. And um, there is no one that I think is better at doing this podcast than you are. And let me tell you why I say that. I've met with you before. We've discussed this. Um, right after you were like, I'm saving some lives somewhere. And you went at it from like a warrior type of perspective. I know you're a bodybuilder. I know you're a, you're a guy that uh, takes, takes the bull by the horns. And, and I think I've even had people say that, hey, it's too early. You shouldn't do it. It's too early. And I'm like, not this guy. I think too early has never been said, but too late is always a problem. So if you don't mind, I want you to start in. We're gonna, I'm going to lead you through some of the questions that, that I think we have and a lot of the listeners are going to have. But I want you to come straight from the heart, and I know that's the only way you know how. So, absolutely, absolutely. So we're going to get going. I want to I first talk about, uh, you and I talked a little bit off camera about uh, statistics. And, you know, I didn't bring out any statistics because I, I don't know how much that matters. You know, as I, as you and I've talked in the past, I, you know, I, I've I've looked up a lot of information regarding suicide, and um, the information that you find is uh, really skewed toward who's trying to tell the story, um, what their what their intentions are, and at the end of the day, other than the fact that um, all suicides are up, and especially um, adolescent suicides. That's about the only statistic that uh, means anything to me. No, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that, you know, I think so many times we try and figure out the answer, and I think the answer is probably in the questions. Agreed. So when we talk about this, number one, I want everybody to know that this is no sensationalism. We're not doing anything but talking straight from your heart as a dad that lost a child. And, I, you know, I have children. Um, couldn't put myself in your shoes, not even for a second, but I want to see what your shoes look like because I know it will help me. And I know it'll help a ton of other listeners that are out there. And I actually want kids to hear this. I want kids to see it. I want the, the parents to see it. And I do believe that at the end of today's podcast, we're going to save a life or two. Sounds great. I think it's awesome. So t- tell me a little bit about Katie. Um, Katie was uh, a very unique um, young lady, uh, a lot like me. Um, she was uh, born on the 4th of July, which explains a lot in and of itself. Um, she, was, she was a hard charger, just like me, and uh, she did what she wanted to do on her terms. That's the way she lived her life. Uh, and ultimately, you know, it's, it's a weird way to look at it, but it's also the way she died. Do you want to talk about that? 
yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, if we don't talk about the difficult things that are um, in front of us, then what are we going to accomplish? Man, I couldn't agree more. That's why, again, I, I told him, I said, this, this is the guy. This is the guy right here. And, and I think this will make some changes, some serious changes. So did you know that she had any issues or thoughts about <clears throat> suicide? Yeah, um, almost to um, the point of the boy who cried wolf. Um, you know, countless times, that, you know, I, I couldn't even tell you how many times Katie had talked about suicide or mentioned suicide um, or even threatened suicide. And, it, you know, had gotten to a point where um, we really were desensitized to it. Um, she'd been evaluated by a number of uh, medical professionals, and um, the outcome was always the same, that she's not a credible threat. Um, of course, um, you know, I, I had to take um, the, um, the consensus uh, from the medical professionals because I'm certainly not, uh, not trained in that area at all, which is something that we need to talk about as parents, um, that, you know, if we're not, trained at all we don't have any of the tools to deal with these things or even recognize these things unless they're in, incredibly obvious um we don't if you don't have any tools in the toolbox how do you fix anything yeah yeah no it, it's all about knowledge right it is and and you know one, one of the things that we talked about um at, on a pre-interview that we did you know my my oldest uh had talked about it and um you know, again, kind of come back as a non-credible threat, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it still shook me to the core. And I'm like, why, would, why the hell would you even say that? And, you know, I think so many people are sitting here and they're thinking, you know what, my kids never thought about it, but there's probably a whole lot that have. Yeah, you know, it's, it's from the very beginning after, after Kate died, I was, I've been, you know, very vocal um, on, you know, in, in conversations as well as, social media about the situation and what happened to her. Um, and you know, even took the opportunity at this, her service to have a professional get up and, and talk about um, suicide, um, which caught a lot of people off guard. But it's an opportunity to have an audience of 600 plus where we thought we could make a little bit of a difference. And so we took that opportunity. I loved it, I was there. And I thought that was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I thought that was the absolutely right thing to do. Again, you know, there are a lot of people that are just like, you know, um, you got to give these things some time. Hell no, time is what we don't have. Exactly, exactly. And that's why right out of the gates, um, you know, I wanted to try to see if I could make some sort of a difference. So, I, you know, I was vocal about it. And I've had um, countless people contact me um, usually with direct messaging, um, not nothing that anybody else can see, but direct messaging on, you know, social media and text message and those mediums that, um, that gave them the courage to have the difficult conversations with their, with their kids or that um, they had that situation um, in their family or, you know, with, directly with their kids or they had a brother or sister or an uncle it, it, it seemed like everybody um, is somehow connected to um, suicide or mental health um, that, that results in, in a death. And, and I had no idea. I, you know, I've, I've, never been, I've never been connected to a situation before. Um, and it's something that, that 
people don't talk about it. So there's a there's a fear associated with it, um, almost to the point where discussing it is going to perpetuate somebody following through with something. And if we don't talk about it, they won't. No, that I love that statement because I think it's as true as it gets. I think it is. As a matter of fact, I tell you, I was at the I was at the service, and uh, I did the same thing. I went home and talked to my kids, and I just told them, I said, "Listen, I, I can't go through that pain. I can't do it." And um, and it, it was a very interesting conversation with my kids. And you know, they what is even crazier about that is they already knew a bunch of kids that they could name by names that that they knew had talked about it. How do you think, uh, you know, even after the professional says she's not a credible thought, how, do, you, do you think that you got good information then? You know, you have to, you have to take the information that you get and, and mix it with your, your own thoughts because, um, you know, you can have teachers who have access to your children. You can have doctors who have access to your children. But ultimately, it's you and I as parents who have more access to our kids than anybody does. Yeah. And... Um, so I think we're in the best position to know when there's something wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I got to tell you, there's, there's nothing I've thought about more than what could I have done differently. Did you come up with anything? Um, you know, I think that um, we get busy. We get busy in life. And, you know, to, to take those opportunities... And, and, you know, this, is, this sounds like a cliche when it comes out of my mouth, but if we take the time to, to take, take that temperature on a regular basis, you know, sit down um, without any distractions around, look our kids in the eye and ask them how they're doing. Yeah. Um, and I think if we did that and turned off all the white noise, that we'd probably find out um, that everything wasn't, wasn't okay. You know, I'm, I'm going to paint this picture so... I'm at the service and I'm, I'm, I'm watching the pictures and I'm hearing stories from people who knew her. Uh, as a matter of fact, I sat right by uh, one of the teachers that had taught her for quite some time. And, um, of course, everybody knew you, everybody knew the family. And I'm watching these pictures float by and they're, I mean, it's happy. It's like, it's like happy. It's like look a normal childhood. Yeah. And... I'm sitting there thinking, my God, you know what? This kid's on the couch talking about her taking the candy, you know, candy holic and hiding it and sneaking it and all that good stuff. And, you know, all these, all the people that were so sad by the incident. I mean, there was love all over that damn building. And it, it makes me wonder exactly what it was that day that made her feel like there wasn't, or, or it might not even been to that. Do you think there was any... It was depression or something more like that? <clears throat> you know, I think that through a process of evaluation that, you know, unless it's a, unless it's a, a, a situation of, um, this, you know, something that, that is just a, a, a I'm going to say crime of passion, but you have two types of situations when it, when it comes to suicide. Somebody that plans it out yeah. in advance, yeah. carries it out, and then Spontaneous. impulsive. impulsive yeah. So impulsive is the word I was looking for. Yeah. So, you know, I believe that in, in, in Kate's particular situation that it was a very impulsive act. Um, did, did she have any medical diagnosis? She did of depression or anxiety she, she, or any of that? No, she didn't. Um, 
and you know again we had her we had her evaluated when you get into the the um mental health um realm um it's really difficult to find somebody um who's good yeah you, you have this is probably going to uh, anger some people but you have it's okay it's you, true you have all the way from community college um you know uh, uh therapists uh, yeah. counselors all the way to um you know doctorates um very professional that doesn't necessarily make them good or bad right but it's really difficult to find somebody um who who is good and i'll tell you what the the the, the people that that are good you can't see them yeah I mean, you, you talk about a situation where the people that need mental health um, help need it now. Yeah. They don't need it in three months yeah. when these, these doctors are available. It's never too it early. Right now. It's always That's, too late. So uh, that, that was such a strange thing that, I, that we kept coming across is that you, we would hear about these good doctors and you couldn't get to see them. They have more people that want to see them than they can possibly see. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a problem. It is real. It's that's a problem. huge problem. You know, we, you said something to me that stuck with me so freaking hard. And I, I almost sat there and thought to myself, man, I hope it isn't true. But you, you, you'd mentioned that if there had been a puppy there, you don't think it would have happened. I believe that. Um, and, you know, that's, that's kind of an example. Kate loved puppies. That's, you know, so that, that came to me right away. Yeah. Thinking, okay, if, if, if I was there when this was happening, I could have stopped it. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking what others, obviously I wasn't there. There was nobody else there. What could, been, what could have been um, intact in the situation that would have helped, helped, it, helped her out? And for her, it would have been a puppy. Yeah. Now, which kind of brings me to the, to the most important thing about that is that when you have a 13-year-old kid, um, you can't approach them from the, the suicide prevention that, that we as adults think and talk about. It, that's not, it's not at their level. Right. Um, we need to meet them where they are. No, I agree with and, that. And sitting down with some 65 year old guy with gray beards yeah versus give him a puppy and i'll tell you what which one of those two is going to be effective more effective yeah and it's a puppy yeah and that's the truth so, you know simple meet them where they are and and to do that you have to talk to them you got you gotta you gotta talk to them on a regular basis you gotta you gotta figure out what's going through their head um and you know to do that you have to have um, you know, have to, you have to talk to them regularly. Well, life gets busy. Yeah. You know, life gets busy. Well, that's I mean, not for, okay. Well, you know, for me, I've got a son. I got a, just yeah. turned 18 last week. Um, and so for me, it's front and center every day. Yeah. You know, if you don't forget about it, you don't, you don't get too, you don't get busy and forget about that's it. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my approach with him has been completely different story. You know, um, I've got him full-time and you know I get up in the morning I go downstairs and I check on him um, I call him four or five times throughout the day I check on him as, as soon as I get home from work um, you know and, and he likes to hang out with me a little bit but 
not a lot. Yeah. So, you know, he goes down to his room and he's on video games, especially right now with this uh, stupid pandemic. Yeah, you know? right. But, um, and honestly, I get up two or three times in the middle of the night. I wake up at one o'clock, three o'clock, 4.30. I walk downstairs, you know, from the second floor all the way down to the basement to check, make sure he's breathing. Yeah. Are you, you scared know? to death? Am I scared of death itself? Are you scared to death? Like, is it crucially important for you to make sure that, that he's, he's around? Yes. Um, I mean, more so. Not, not the obvious that you want your kid around, but... Yeah, it's interesting that you ask that, because um, it's like I went back 18 years, because when he was first born, um, I had him a lot of nights because my, my ex-wife was working... Um, swing shift and graveyard shift as a police officer. And so I had, you know, I, you know, I don't know anything about fatherhood and I got all of a sudden this little thing, little, right. little live creature. And, and I remember I would sleep on the floor and I had him in this wicker basket um, so that I could sleep right next to him. And I'd wake up 10, 20, 30 times during yeah. the night and just to make sure he was breathing. I feel like I went back 18 years, but it's always front and center with me. You know, I, um, I, I think it's important for, you know, again, you and I, we're kind of no bullshit kind of guys. And, um, you know, I think for dads, you know, I think we, we do get, we do get a little too busy or get into ourselves and doing a lot of things. And, and, uh, you know, I know for me, I rely on my wife a lot to take care of a lot of that stuff and that's not okay. I'm not holding up my end of the bargain on that either. And, um, I, I, I just think that, you know, I think sometimes we just, we're working and things are going good and life is going good and you're on the lake and you're doing these things and you just assume that they're feeling that, but it's happening too often. And it's almost like you want it to be that good, yeah. you know, and you just, you want to pretend that, you know, you look at the situation, you know, how can, you know, and, and I look at Kate's life and, you know, she went through some things. She went through a divorce um, with, with me and her mother. Um, and she went through, you know, me having to travel for work a lot, um, in the last three years after, after, after the divorce. Um, so, so she had to deal with some things, but even today when I look back on her life and, you know, I was talking to my son about this last night, cause we, you know, we talk about it. Um, How's I he wouldn't doing? say daily, but we still talk about it. Is he doing um, okay? Yeah, I mean, as okay as you can be, yeah. you know, here's, I just don't think that he's um, mature enough to be able to process this the way it needs to be processed, so, yeah. you know, he's probably got to unpack this over a long period of time. Yeah, um, as you will. As, as as I will, too, and, you know, I'm a lot, you know, I guess, you know, you statistics again here but you know um the brain's not fully developed until until 25 years of age yeah. he's just turned 18 so you know how is how is this going to affect him um you know five years from now or 10 years from now or 20 years from now yeah but i think i think uh you know i think it's it's an eye-opener it's like uh you know you're checking and he's breathing at 19 and i don't see that stopping with you I think no. you'll end up going over to his house when he's 40 and being like, hey, you, what you got going on there? Well, I'll tell you what, if, you, if you'd asked me six months ago um, with him being a senior and off to college next year, if you would have, I, I would have said, hey, man, I can't wait. You know, yeah. he just, he's, he's, you know, he's just at that point where he's, you know, he's ready to, to get some independence and I'm ready for him to get some independence. And, 
now, you know, with this pandemic, and I, you know, I read today that a lot of the universities are already uh, uh, announcing that they're going to do yeah. online school only next year. And I got to say, man, I'm glad. And, 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 you know, he's, he's committed to CSU. And I could, and when that, when I read that today, I thought, you know what, if I can keep this kid at home for another year, I can keep him safe. Yeah. You know, and six months ago, I would have said, oh, he needs to go to college, man. He needs to get out on his own. Now I want to keep that kid as close as I can yeah. for as long as I can. Yeah, no, because I, I can check on him, you know, thirty times a day like I am. Yeah, and, and, and you know that that's something different in and of itself because he, he can't save. As he, he said, he can't any, save anybody. Yeah, it's at true the end story. of the day, man, people got to make their own decisions. Does he say, "Hey, Dad, you know what? I'm good. Twenty times a day is enough." <laughs> he gets a little irritated from time to time. And, but, Sorry. but you know what? I'm pretty open with him. I just, when he gets irritated with me, I just tell him, hey, you know what? I'm just doing this because I love you. Yeah. And he softens pretty quick, quick when I say that. Yeah. Man, tell me, uh, tell me about that day. Oh, for, for, for me, it's a strange situation. Uh, the last couple of years, I've been, I had been driving um, out on Monday mornings out to Nebraska staying out there for work until Friday night's coming back. And, you know, this was a, a Wednesday. So I was out. Actually, my boss, who is in Denver, was actually out there in Nebraska. And we were out. We had just gotten to dinner. And I got a phone call from my ex-wife um, telling me that she thinks there's something really wrong. She had actually been traveling on business and just, just landed back in Denver and gotten a phone call from... Her mother, who was watching Kate, um, giving her some uh, unclear information. And, you know, at this point, Kate was already dead. Um, and she, the, you know, the police were there. Um, my ex-wife's mother was there. One of her friends was there. But the police wouldn't allow them to tell us, either of us, what happened. Um, until one of us got um, to the house. Was that protocol or something? Apparently, I honestly, I'll t you know, we, we'll get into this a little bit more, I'm, I'm sure. But I still, I had a conversation with one of the cops um, uh, the day after she died. That's the last time I've talked to him. The one and only time I've talked to him. Um, so I, I, I didn't, as far as I was concerned at that point, my daughter was dead and the details um, were unimportant. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I was, I'm assuming at this point that that was protocol. Um, but I, I immediately knew something was very wrong. Either she was gravely hurt or she was dead. Yeah. And they, they wouldn't confirm either of those things. So my boss, we walked right out of the restaurant, got in his truck, um, and started driving back to Colorado, which is four-and-a-half-hour drive from where I was. And, and for so about four, so four and a half hours, you don't know. Well, for about thirty minutes of that, I didn't know. Okay. Um, my my ex wife got to the house and found out, and immediately called me. So I had four four hours of that four and a half hours, um, driving back, and all I could do was sit there. I wasn't. I was sitting in the passenger seat. And um, you know, I can still. I, I, I don't think I've ever been more uncomfortable in my life. I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything.
No protection, no nothing. No, and all I could go, all I could do is drive back, ride back. Um, I never, I, I never went to the house. Um, that night I just got back and, um, all I could think about was, um, Tyler. Where'd you go? Um, so I live with my fiance and, and he, he lives with us. And so I, I, I just went there and all I could think about was making sure that he was okay. Yeah. And that, um, that, you know, being there with him to, to make sure, you know, I, I don't think I left his side for, I don't know, three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but. You know, I went into protection mode. What, what, what can I still protect? Yeah. And he was it. Yeah. And that's definitely your personality. It's like you're the protector. I mean, I, I see it. I, I've seen it and posted. And, you know, I see you post pictures of her. And, and um, that's obviously a way you deal with it, right? It is. You know, it's, it, uh, sometimes it, it seems um, pointless and foolish. But it's a way for me to to celebrate her life, um, yeah. you know, through pictures and I get, it makes me feel good. Yeah. You know, I have, um, <clears throat> I've sat there and I thought about it and, and of course, uh, you know, you're a good friend of my wife and, um, you know, we've had a lot of talks about it and, and, uh, this is what I think people need to get is you got to do this your own way. There is no, there's no playbook. And uh, I don't know if I, had, if I would have the strength. And you know what? She promptly reminded me, says, you don't know how you would do it. And I think that's, uh, I think that's one of the things that I was like, when I, when I would see that from you, I was like, man, that guy, is, he's rock solid. I don't know how, I don't know how you do that. Um, it's just one of those things that you just pray to God that that never happens. You just pray to God. Yeah, and I think that... Um you know, for me, it's, it's, you know, again, it's the expression of, um, almost, you know, I, I, I remember something somebody said to me, um, a number of years ago, and this is long before, you know, anything obviously was in my mind about Kate or, or, you know, potential of her dying, but they said, um, they told me that, you know, or I think I read it actually, it's that, that you actually die twice. You die when you stop breathing and then you die a second time when somebody says your name for the last time. So that stuck with me that after she died, I said, you know, what, how can I keep, what can I do to keep her alive? Um, and, and I can, I can, I can say her name. I can say her name. Yeah. Every day. Tell me, tell me when, um, the days following. Um, did you have a lot of support? I had a ton of support. Um, I've got uh, a. Luckily, my family's right here. Um, my my mom and my dad and my my uh, sister and her family. My brother flew out from Minnesota. Um, my fiance was amazing, um, and I've got. You know, I grew up here, and so. 
there's still a, a large community of people that yeah, I've seen uh, them all. Yeah, and I've got you know my boys. Was it uh, the nine 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 guys who um, were they were there the next day? Yeah. Did um, was that crucially important? Yes, because you know it, I don't know if it was so much support because I kind of I kind of mourn alone. I don't need strength from anybody. I never, I've never drawn strength from since since she died, since Kate died. I've never, I haven't drawn strength from anybody to to move forward. Um, but what I, what it, what that did for me, and what it still does for me, especially at the time, it made me feel normal. Yeah, because you know, at the time you feel so fucking abnormal. I mean, th- that, that, the, actually, the, the next, the day after Kate died, um, my son said something to me. He said, uh, so Dad, this doesn't happen to us. Yeah. Because we know what happens, right? We know that, that people die, and kids die, because you read it in the paper, and you, you hear it on the news, but you don't think it's going to happen to you. You yeah, know? and so, you know, that was such a, uh, a a telling statement that he said to me. You know that I think all of us walking around thinking it's never gonna it's never going to happen. It's not this this doesn't happen to us. Yeah. So, and you think I mean for for a period of time I th- you know I felt like yeah this only happened to me. I'm the only dad that this happened to. You know. Yeah. All everybody else here, um, you know that that. Everybody that's trying to help me, you know, I love you guys and I appreciate it, but you get to go home to your kids. Yeah. This is, you know, you, you don't know how I feel. Did anybody tell you they knew how you felt? You know, I, some people along the way will say things to try to um, make a connection with you. Yeah. Um, they all mean it. There's no malice involved in it. Yeah. They all, they just want to connect with you and, and try to make you feel not so alone. Yeah. Um, so they do say things like that. You know, they, 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 they have a, a parent who died recently or somebody that was important to them that died. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that I've thought through a lot. Um, because when you lose a kid, it's like nobody else knows this kind of pain. Even if they lost their own, you probably feel that way. Yeah, and I've I've reached out to a number of of people um, that have lost kids, and I mean, I, I it's a strange connection that I have with a, with a couple of people, um, um, a c- couple of uh, um, women that are around my age who lost kids right around um, Kate's and Tyler's age um, that I talk to um, on a, on a fairly regular basis that. It's just like this, this secret society that nobody wants to be part of. Yeah, you know, or talk about. Yeah, or or talk about. Th- but they want to talk about it. Would it be you know? Would it be different? And and you may not. I mean, you're just shooting off the cuff. But would it be different if it was a car accident? I've thought about that, um, and so I. 
so I have a, I have a certain view on this, and it, can't, it took me... At, oh, okay, let me back up a little bit here. When, when I didn't know what happened, I thought, for days, I thought to myself, this was an accident. Somehow it was an accident. Because I didn't want to wrap my head around the fact that um, she died of suicide. By the way, that's, they get after you for that. If you say committed suicide... It's, that's not PC in the suicide community. I look at it, there's, there's no way that somebody dies by suicide that isn't significantly mentally ill. Okay. In my opinion, and again, I'm not a doctor, but I am a dad. You don't have to be. Um, we missed it with Kate. Kate was um, mentally ill. Um, significantly uh, enough to to kill herself um, and we missed it um, but I don't look at that that is a an illness just like cancer just like heart disease just like anything else any other illness that kills somebody right um, so you know I kind of package it up in that same category of that she died from an illness yeah right yeah great um, it's a great thought process which might be something that makes me sleep a little bit better at night, um, you know, looking at it that way. Um, well, I think that's rational. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> you, you, you try to rationalize everything, right? Yeah. You know, because um, you, you have to. I mean, you have to, you have to um, see, you seek answers, I guess is, is a better way to put it, is that... Um, to a question there's usually not an answer to. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest with you that, um, you know, there's, the police still have her things. They have her phone. They have her notebooks where she wrote some things. Um, and, you know, I purposely haven't gone down that road. But even when I get the stuff, um, which will probably be in the next few weeks, um, I'm just going to store it away. I don't want to look into it. Um, I don't want... I don't want to blame anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm even not, yourself. Yeah, I mean, there's it's Pandora's box, right? Yeah. I mean, do you really want to know what's in it? Because um, it doesn't change anything for the better. It doesn't change the. It fact. can change things. Yeah. No doubt, but it, I don't see how it changes anything for the better. Because either I look into that and I find out that that um, you know she she wrote things about me that make me feel responsible or she wrote things about somebody else that makes me feel like they're responsible. Yeah. And I don't want to blame anybody for this. Yeah. You know, she made a decision, um, a very costly decision. Um, and I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be angry. Yeah. And I feel like if I go down that road and I may feel differently five or 10 or 15 years from now, but that's I don't, okay. don't want to go down that road of, of, being angry because um, the way that I'm built, um, my anger could destroy me. Yeah. And, and I don't want to let it. Good for you, man. I think that's healthy. I really do. You know, here's, here's one thing that I, I absolutely want to get out in this, in this podcast, this segment is if you have a million 13-year-olds right now watching this, I want you to best you can describe the pain you know we, we as talk, a parent we talk about that um 
you know, I've had the conversation with my my ex-wife a few times, and you know, she's she's actually set, made this statement um, that if Kate knew how much she was hurting us, that. that she never would have done it. And I don't think that, you know, I'm not saying that no suicide has ever been perpetuated because somebody was trying to hurt somebody. I'm sure that that's happened, and I'm sure that that they were really trying to hurt somebody. Right. But in this particular case, I don't think it had anything to do with hurting us. As a matter of fact, I think she was in a point, she was in a, in a place in her brain that didn't, that wasn't, was no longer seeing anything else other than whatever it was that was causing her pain. Yeah. Um, and, and wanting to, to, that pain to stop. It, and it wasn't intended to hurt anybody. But I, I want, I want my, because I have a 13-year-old, I want my 13-year-old watching this podcast, and I want you to describe to him how painful it is, would be for me. Well, I will tell you that, that um, we are a very close family. Um, uh, my, my parents and my sister and my brother and, and, and my sister's husband and my brother's wife and um, you know, my brother's got two little girls who are very close with Kate. Um, I mean, this uh, this it reverberates through the you know the first layer. I haven't counted. Maybe it's fifteen, seventeen people that um, will never ever be the same again. Ever, ever. You know, for me, um, and you know, hopefully this this changes but um nothing seems great anymore um you know the sun comes out and you know you enjoy little bits and pieces of your day but most of it fucking sucks honestly yeah yeah um and you know you just you know, I, I make it a, a real point to make sure that I don't hide my the way that I feel about anything in life, and that's just the way that I'm built. But I, you know, I totally understand how somebody in this situation would develop a drinking problem or a drug habit or some other unhealthy habit to just try to cover this shit up. Or just weight loss, um, sleepless nights. Yeah, I mean, I... Here we are three months later, and it's not like if I expect to be healed at three months. But, you know, this morning I, I here's my, here's my, uh, my routine, right? So I go to bed 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and I sleep until about 2, um, and I wake up, and first thing I do is I get up, and I go down, and I check on Tyler to make sure he's, uh, he's okay. And then maybe one time out of four, I come back upstairs, and I go back to sleep. Um, three times out of four, I don't go back to sleep. 
So I sleep from 11 to 2, and then I lay in bed from 2 to 6 or 5, or, you know, maybe I go get back to sleep for an hour. But it's, um, you know, at least now I wake up and um, I don't feel like I did at first. You know, at first I'd wake up and I would... Um, is, so at first you, you, you actually welcome whatever sleep you can get because you get to disappear. Yeah. Right. So you don't feel, you know, consciously you don't feel yeah. um, the pain. You know, I talked to a lady one time that was so high on anxiety and she said, I love sleep. It's the only time that I can get away from it. Yeah. So this is similar. Absolutely. And so at first I would wake up and you wake up and you have this split second of waking up and feeling like everybody else. Not like everybody else feels good all the time. Right, right, right. But then, you, had, you know, for me, it was having that, that moment of, you know, I just woke up and I feel rested or whatever. And then it's like somebody sit, sitting there with me every time I woke up, reminding me that Kate just died. So there's nothing that can ever compare to, to the first time you hear, hear that, you know, Kate's dead. I mean, still to this day, I, I, don't even, I can't even process those words. Yeah. It's almost like I haven't seen her for a while, you know. Um, the finality of it, I don't know if I'll ever grasp that. But when you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, um, it's like... Um, learning all over again that she's died. She's dead. Yeah. That she died. Um, I can totally see that. You know, for, so for, I don't know, you know, weeks on end. Is that your first thought? Oh, yeah. It's not anymore. Um, you know, my, my, my thought now is, uh, um, coronavirus. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's that going to do? But, but, um, and I don't mean to make light of it. uh, No. um, Levity, right? Yes. At its finest. Um, but yeah, it was, so it's like learning all over again, um, that she's dead. And I would, so I would immediately break down and cry to exhaustion. And I get to go back to sleep because I was so fucking tired. Right. Yeah. Um, now I don't go back to sleep cause I don't cry. You know, and for some reason I don't cry. Yeah. I don't know why, what, what the story is with that. And I'm sure that. Sigmund Freud would have a field day yeah, with it. But, somebody, somebody, you know, somebody will have an opinion on it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that, you know, that was, it was, uh, you know, it is so, um, it felt like you just got run over it by a truck for, you know, every moment of every day for weeks and weeks. Um, you know, I think that the, eventually the shock does wear off because it has to, or if you, you, you would die, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, you you die a broken heart if it, if your body didn't figure out some way to escape that. Yeah, all the time. Not not that I don't feel it at all anymore because I do. But you know, I you think your body, your you know, wonderful mechanism that it is, um, has a, has a way of of um, figuring that stuff out. I think I may have a little bit of insight on that, and um, I'm gonna throw it out right now. Um, you're a religious guy. Very. And uh, I'm a believer as well. And uh, I think that's the only way I could get through that. 
um, you know, it's funny. I, I've um, I've had my my journey with my faith over the years, and when everything's great, you know, it's not like I don't ever that I just stop believing in God from time to time, but you stop talking to God when everything's great, right? Yeah. You stop, you know, you don't say, hey, thanks, God, for making everything great. Yeah. You know, but you sure as hell talk to him when everything is awful. Yeah. Right? And, you know, you see that with prisoners. Um, and you know what? I it's Easter was just last weekend, and, you know, I, I insisted upon the fact that we rewatch Passion of the Christ. And, you know, it's so, it just, it's so obvious that, that that's what, that's what Jesus was is is he picked people up at their at their lowest point and that's he sought those people out yeah he didn't go after the ones who were killing it in life you know he, yeah. he, he went after the ones that, that needed him most um now I think that's you know how big has your faith been for you um for the first few days I questioned everything that I have ever believed um and it became pretty quickly um, evident that um, if I didn't talk to God and um, truly believe that Kate is in heaven and that I'll get to see her again. If I didn't believe that, I don't know what I'd do. That was actually a question I was going to ask. Do you believe you'll see her again? Every fiber of you believe that? Uh, absolutely. I, I could not. I don't think I could go on without believing that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I, I thought about your case so many times. Um, and I, I, you know, it, it's, uh, it's interesting. I've had conversations with people. Um, and, and those that don't believe, I just have a hard time wondering how you get through anything like that. I mean, I... I don't know. I mean, maybe it was the way I was raised. Maybe I don't know. But um, you know, I, I'm sitting here telling you, I believe with 100 percent of my fiber, you will as well. And uh, I don't know of any other way to make sense of anything. I don't either. And um, I, I, you know, I've gotten to the point where I talk to God all day. Yeah. You know, it's not a case of, you know hitting my knees at the end of the day and praying for a couple of minutes. I talk to him all day, every yeah. day. Um, you know, I, I get up in the middle of the night um, and I go check on Tyler and I walk down the stairs and I come to his door um, and every time before I open the door, I pray that he's okay. Yeah. You know, prayer's an interesting thing. You know, my the, my belief is in free will, you know, um, which is the greatest gift that we have because we're, we're uh, gives us the free will to love people. If we didn't have free will, we couldn't choose to love, which yeah. is the greatest thing there is. 
But also but with that comes consequences. It, with it comes consequences to make a lot of bad choices too. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I, and it's, and, and I don't pray, I don't pray for, um, me. I never pray for me. Um, I, was, I pray for others. I do. <laughs> I think that's what we're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Um, ever since hearing about your story and, and, uh, just kind of knowing the guy you are, man, I, I mean, there's always going to be somebody says something. I, I think you've tackled this as good as anyone could. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think there is a right or wrong way. And uh, I truly believe that you will see her again. I believe that with my fiber. I believe that with my family, the ones I love, that have passed on. And God forbid, I, you know, I, I want to be the one in the ground before any of my kids, that's for sure. Um, my grandmother, who was a Pentecostal minister, by the way, uh, she buried three of her children. Wow. And... Uh, she said, there's no worse pain. And um, I was, I was kind of joking around with my brother one time who's in, he's 60, he's 10 years older than I am. And I was, uh, we were just kind of joking around one day and I said, man, it's got to be sucked to you to be the oldest because uh, you're going to die first. And he goes, no, it's going to suck worse. You're going to have to watch it. And man, I tell you what, that sentence set me on my heels because uh, he was dead serious. Yeah. And man, I have never forgotten that. And uh I mean, I can, I can drive around thinking of my parents or my kids and just ball like crazy without any, any real bad things that have happened to me yet. But um, all I want to tell you is I, I think today, I'm not kidding, you know, there's so many of these stories where I sit there and I say, you know what, we saved a life today. I hope parents listen to your words. I hope more kids listen to your words. I hope that, that we get this out to millions of people, and if nothing else, they at least have a conversation about it. it just a c- damn conversation, because you never know what that power is. I'm, I'm glad that you were straightforward and honest about your faith. I think that's huge. I think that's a big thing that, uh, you know, if people are feeling that way, turn that way. See what happens. I think good things will happen. I want to tell you my, how much I appreciate you coming in here and doing the hardest interview that a man can ever possibly do. Um, and I want to tell you, I love you, man. That's, I do. I appreciate that. Uh, love you too, by the way. Um, and you know, if, if I can't, um, take this and, 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 um, learn from it. Um, I've learned a lot of different things. Um, it's made me, um, a way better parent. Um, to Tyler, yeah, than I was before, way better father. But you know, when this is going to be something that that um, uh, grows um, as I move forward, um, I have that unique um, position of having some awful street credibility. Yeah, um, for being that father that nobody wants to be. Um. And so people listen, you know, when I, when, when, when I, when I talk about these things, people, people listen because, um, they know that it's, you know, it's coming from, from a place that, um, is their worst nightmare. Yeah. Um, and, and you're not scared to say how it is. Yeah, I'm not, absolutely not. Um, and, and, and that comes from, a, from, from a lot of different places, but probably the most important is that, that, um, and it's, it really is just about 
one life. If I, if I could dedicate my life to um, advocacy and prevention of, of suicide um, and save one life, it'd be worth it. It's all, um, it's all um, we're trying to do. And I think that there's the two, you know, we didn't get into this much and, um, you know, we can certainly talk more about, about it, but, you know, the tools that, you know, you, 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 one of the things that kids this age, 13 years old, um, Kate was 13 years old and the kids that, that she was around on a regular basis and particularly that day, um, probably saw something or, or heard something, but they don't have any of the tools um, to, to know what to do. They don't have the education. Um, they don't have the knowledge. Um, and I think they need to. I mean, we need to talk to, we need to somehow talk to kids. Maybe even scared to say something. Yeah. And, and, but, you know, educating, taking, taking the time to not be afraid to talk to kids about this. You know, that's really, I ran into right away is that at the school level, um, they don't want to talk about it. They're scared. And I mean, God bless the teachers and the counselors. Um, you know, at Kate's school, they're, they're awesome. I mean, you know, the, I know that this, this weighs heavily on them, and one of them is a very good friend of mine. Um, and, and I know this weighs heavily on them. But, you know, you got a, a, a school nurse and how many students? I don't know how many students Westlake has. Hundreds, yeah. right? Yeah. So how do, you, how do you deal with any of that, um, you know, with, that has any impact at all? You can't, as a administrator, a teacher, or or a nurse, the resources are the hundreds of other kids. You know what? You know what? I liked what you said earlier. You said uh, you got to meet them at their level, right? How, how about a program where, you know what? These kids can text the nurse or text somebody like so and so. I think is having some issues. So and so mm-hmm. is doing anonymously, this. right? Anonymously. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like you said, meet them at their level. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a potential you know something that I think would be good because that's all kids do is text anymore anyway. Absolutely, and and you know I've I've talked to to countless parents and and kids as well, and they don't know they wouldn't know what to do. And even today, you know, they still don't know have any idea what to to do in that kind of a situation. If somebody says, um, you know, I don't want to be in this life anymore. Um, yeah, which is what you said actually. Yeah. Um, Nobody knows what, your kid doesn't know what to do with that. Uh, another 12, 13-year-old kid doesn't know what to do with that. They don't even know what it means. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, this has got to be much more of an open conversation um, and a regular conversation. You can talk about this kind of stuff because it's probably the most dangerous thing that, that exists in schools today is, is the depression and I mean, it's not like you and I, when we were younger, if we, if we were getting bullied, we got bullied for, you know, a few hours during the day. Now it's, now there's no escape. You yeah. Know, it's, it's cyber bullying. All the time. It's, you get that 24 hours a day. You can't escape it. And so the, it's got to be so much heavier and constant. And, you know, uh, that's got to play into, um, you know, it does. the, 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 differences we see in, in, in teen suicide these days. And so as far as I can tell, and again, um, you know, I'm just starting my journey on trying to tackle the advocacy and the education and the prevention. Um, 
it's just it's just not there. I, I tell you what, this this is so important to me too, and and primarily because I also have kids. But you know, I want to bring you back in a year or so, and um, you know, we talk about what what changes can be done and what has been done. Uh, or if you start implementing some things or whatever, you let us know. We'll do a complete other podcast on it. I mean, this is, um, you know, I don't, I, again, I don't know if all of them are preventable, but one is. And uh, you know what? One at a time. There's, that's the only way you, you um, tackle this is one at a time. Yeah. Because it, their kids are... Kids aren't aren't machines. They're very very individual. They're they're people. They're yeah, li- they're little people, man. They're they as are individual as you can get. It's so true. Another thing I, I that I kind of want to break up. I just kind of had a thought process of was, you know what you when when you went to the res- rationalization that it's an illness, much like cancer, much like whatever else. I think that is a beautiful at least starting point or idea because then if other kids looked at it like a cancer so if one of their classmates had cancer they would just be like oh they have cancer so if if they feel like they're sick they're nauseous the kid may call Mm -hmm. somebody say hey you know what johnny looks like he's sick today you know what maybe if we thought about that i think it's a phenomenal uh just idea that you had there they thought about you know they know someone's struggling or something but they perceive it as an illness be like you know what i think he's having something today yeah, there's there's obviously there's there's that stigma that goes along with yeah. with mental health issues, but it's really no different than 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 a kid who's a diabetic. Yeah, and they you know their their friends understand that you know if 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 Johnny's uh, blood you know, sugar gets if, low, yeah, if his blood sugar gets low and it's obvious, and, and they're not they're going to do something about it. Yeah, they know they because it's an open honest subject and, yeah. and mental health is not and and we need to make it man um, i love is that open. i love that? that i think that's powerful dude i really think that's really powerful yeah it, it, maybe we need to just change the the way we see it absolutely absolutely and and i keep coming back to the same thing is we have to meet them at their level whatever whatever that is and i don't i don't um claim to know what their level is because they're kids and i'm not yeah um, but I know in my, my daughter's particular situation, if somebody would have given her, would have opened the door to that room and, and let a puppy in there, she'd be alive today. Yeah. Brother, again, I appreciate you doing this podcast more than you'll ever know. Um, I hope we saved one life, and I think we did. I think there's somebody going to listen to this. I hope so, brother. Have the conversation. Maybe have their kids watch it. Um, yeah. Again, love you, man. I appreciate everything you've done. Anytime, man. All right, brother. Thank you so much.